नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय केश प्रसाद नो मर्धा स्नापनाभ्यंजनाधिक गुरुस्त्रीभुवाति if the wife of the spiritual master is young, a young brahmachari should not allow her to care for his hair, massage his body with oil, or bathe him with affection like a mother. Purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. The relationship between the student or disciple and the wife of the spiritual master or teacher is like that between son and mother. A mother sometimes cares for her son by combing his hair, massaging his body with oil or bathing him. Similarly, the wife of the teacher is also a mother, Guru Patni and therefore she may also care for the disciple in a motherly way. If the wife of the teacher is a young woman, however, a young brahmachari should not allow such a mother to touch him. This is strictly prohibited. There are seven kinds of mothers. Atmamatta Patni Brahmani Raja Patnika these mothers are the original mother, the wife of the teacher or spiritual master, the wife of a Brahman, the king's wife, the cow, the nurse, and the earth. Unnecessary association with women even with one's own mother, sister, or daughter, is strictly prohibited. This is human civilization. A civilization that allows men to mix unrestrictedly with women is an animal civilization. In Kali Yuga, people are extremely liberal, but mixing with women and talking with them as equals actually constitutes an uncivilized way of life. Om Ajnantimirandasya Gyananjana Chalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmai Sri Guru Venama If the wife of the spiritual master is young, a young brahmachari should not allow her to care for his hair, massage his body with oil, or bathe him with affection, like a mother. This morning we are reading the continuation of the instructions by Narada Muni to Maharaj Yudhisthira in regard to the perfect society, the four spiritual classes. In this chapter of the great Srimad Bhagavatam, Srila Narada Muni is explaining the specific rules and regulations that what one must strictly follow according to his particular varna and ashram 
in order to progress on the spiritual path and in order to create a spiritual atmosphere within the society. Here Narada Muni is describing the rules and regulations regarding the life of one in the ashram of Brahmacharya. <clears throat> in the Varnashram system, there are four ashrams, Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Vanaprastha, and Sanyas. Of these four ashrams, there is absolutely no concession for sex life in three stages of one's life. For the Brahmachari, there is absolutely no sex life. For the Vanaprast, he is retired from any sensual relationships with his wife, which means no sex life. And for the sannyasi, of course, it is strictly prohibited. And in the Grihastha ashram, there is a concession under strict regulation. Unrestricted sex life in the Grihastha ashram means grihamedi, means one's heart fills with envy and various other material desires, and he is not categorized within the Varnashram system. Grihastha ashram means under strict supervision. It is described in, by Narada Muni in this very chapter concerning Grihastha ashram that a Grihastha is only to have sex life with the blessings of the guru and the great sadhus, which means ideally for the purpose of procreating God-conscious children. So we can see by this whole arrangement, which is created by God himself, Lord Sri Krishna declares in the Gita that he is the author of the Varnashram system. It is not that a moralist has compiled these rules and regulations, but this is the direction of God himself as the only means of spiritual upliftment. So therefore, we can understand how endlessly entangling sense gratification is. And of all forms of sense gratification, sex life is the most uh, bewildering. Lord Rishabdev has described that the attraction between the male and female is the basic principle of all material bondage. When the male and female are attracted to one another, they come together. And when the sex life takes place, there is a hard knot tied within the heart. And this knot is very, very difficult ever to disentangle. And due to this attachment, 
अथोग गृहक्षेत्र सुथाम सुथाप जनास्य मोहोग महामेत्री दिस मीन्स वन एंग्लिसली बिकम्स अटैच टू वाइफ टू चिल्ड्रन टू होम टू मटीरियल पोजेशन्स टू प्रेस्टीज एंड वन कंटिन्यूज इन दिस फॉल्स इल्यूसरी कंसेप्शन ऑफ आई एंड माइंड so the brahmachari ashram is a very glorious opportunity by which one can train in such a way to become free from this disturbing element of life altogether and here it is described that uncivilized society has no appreciation for the brahmachari um vow but in truth uh one must be in order to be civilized above the animal one must be very very careful very cautious in one's dealing with the opposite sex nanvagni pramana nama grita kumbha samapuman that the opposite sex is like fire and you should consider yourself to be like butter and if there is too close and intimate mingling then it is not a question of maybe it is a question of a matter of time till you melt ah uh, that is the word of shrimad bhagavatam that is the word of god so therefore one must be very very diligent not to trust the mind or the senses it is described by jadvarat in the bhagavatam that the aspiring transcendentalist he is like a hunter who is trying to keep his mind and senses in captivity because the mind and senses when they are uncontrolled are like the most ferocious all devouring animals when you capture a wild animal do you ever trust it you keep very diligent watch of it at all times you do not give it any freedom because if you do that animal will either escape or will destroy you So this is the way a sincere devotee of the Lord deals with his mind and senses. He never puts his trust or faith in the mind and senses. You know the mind and senses that are attached to material life are one's greatest enemies. Bandhuratmatmanastasya yenatmayatmanachita Krishna says that the mind that is uncontrolled is the worst enemy we have in fact the only enemy we have if you trust your enemy you are finished you are defeated you will be destroyed the more you put your trust and faith in your enemy the more your enemy can exploit you manipulate you and destroy you So therefore the greatest power of the enemy is to convince you 
that I am your friend. Huh? Just like in warfare, it is described by Bhishma Dev to Maharaj Yudhisthira that the greatest threat to one's kingdom is unidentified spies in your camp. One spy is more deadly than hundreds and thousands of soldiers coming to attack you. Because a spy that is undetected could, ramp, could reap havoc within your kingdom. So similarly, when the mind and senses convince you that they are on your side, that they are your, your friend, and direct you toward the objects of the senses, specifically and especially the association of the opposite sex for the purpose of sense gratification, then you should understand you are putting your life, you are putting your spiritual life in the hands of your most vehement enemy. Therefore, the hunter very, very carefully guards his prey. It is also described in Bhagavatam that the uncontrolled mind is like having a wife that is a prostitute. If your wife is a prostitute, you must be very careful to watch her activities. If she is given too much freedom to associate with her paramours, eventually those very paramours will come to kill you. So similarly, if we allow our mind and senses to associate with the objects of senses, and the supreme object of the senses is the opposite sex, then what happens is our spiritual life is murdered in due course of time. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is God himself, showed us by his own example the proper standard. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in the sannyas order of life, was most merciful and compassionate to every living being. When it came to showing the mercy of bestowing love of God, he made no discrimination between man or woman, low class, high class, educated or uneducated. He gave the mercy of Lord Sri Krishna. He gave his causeless mercy freely to everyone and anyone. But as a matter of setting the proper, the proper standard for human society, he was very careful in his dealings with the opposite sex. There is a story in the Chaitanya Charitamrita about one very young lady, Devi Dasi, who was singing in a very sweet and melodious voice the prayers by Jayadev Goswami from the Gita Govinda, which is describing the amorous love affairs of Sri Sri Radha and Krishna. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard this, ecstatic love was awakened within his heart, and he just simply wanted to embrace whoever was chanting these beautiful prayers. He lost all conscious 
of material considerations of any form. And he began to run through the bushes with great anxiety to praise and embrace uh, the reciter of these beautiful prayers. And as he was running, by the thorns, but he did not even notice it. And his servant, Govinda, aware of the circumstances, ran behind Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and forcibly uh, grabbed onto him and stopped him. My dear Lord, ah, it is a woman that is singing. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu immediately sobered up. And he looked at Govinda, and he said, My dear Govinda, thank you for stopping me. You have saved my life. If I would have embraced her, I would have certainly died. Speaking of spiritual death. So although the Lord did not discriminate superior or inferior in terms of who was um, qualified to accept the mercy of Sri Krishna and the whole But the proper example of how to preserve our own spiritual sanctity. He taught us how to live a very strict life according to this principle. We should know that sense gratification is the greatest enemy to an aspiring devotee. We cannot think of Krishna when we are pondering upon the objects of the senses. Material sense gratification more than anything else strips us naked of any sense of devotion. Therefore, spiritual life is to always fix one's mind, always fix one's consciousness on the lotus feet of the Lord. And as long as we are thinking in terms of enjoyment with the opposite sex, it is practically impossible to fix one's consciousness on the lotus feet of the Lord. So therefore, uh, within our life, we must evaluate what do we really want? Sex life, sense gratification is available to the animal species of life. It is not something difficult to obtain. This human birth is a rare opportunity to transcend these sources of misery and entanglement and attain the liberated free state of pure consciousness. This human form of life is meant to associate with saintly persons who can help elevate our consciousness above the senses and always be meditating and pondering. It is an animal civilization. The prominent meditation in everyone's mind is simply sex life. If you want to sell a product, you allure a person to be attracted to it on the pretense of how it will increase his sex life. 
we see in the advertising business today, uh, either gross or subliminally, they are very expert at somehow or other stimulating our sex desire. And when we associate that with a particular product, ah, we immediately develop a lusty desire to obtain that product. In the field of music, practically all we hear is uh, the sound of either the praise or the frustrations of sex life. In the cinemas, practically you cannot find a movie that does not uh, in some way or other uh, attract and agitate one's impulse for sex life. In the fashions, the way people dress in the Western world, it's exclusively designed on the basis of how to further increase the opposite sex's attraction for you. So in this way, sex life is all pervading within this society. And as preachers in the army of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, how much of a dangerous and vulnerable position we are in unless we are very, very strict, very conscientious of the dangerous field of activity that we are within. But, as Krishna describes in Gita, Ragadveshivamuktaishtu vishayan indriyaishcharan atma vishayabhadhyatma prasadam adhigachchati that one who strictly follows the regulative principles of devotional service, he is protected by the divine mercy of the Lord. The fact is that sex desire the desire for sense gratification is so powerful and so all-pervading that it is impossible for anyone to restrain for long unless one is protected by the mercy of Krishna. How to obtain the mercy of Krishna? In the Bhagavad Gita it is described one who sincerely and honestly strives to follow the regulative principles according to his particular varna and ashram, in devotion to Lord Hari and the Guru, then Sri Krishna himself, who is Rishikesh, the master and lord of the mind and senses, he will protect us from all the dangers of this world. Sarvopadiva nirmuktam tatparadvena nirmalam rishikena rishikesa sevanam bhaktiruchyate one who constantly keeps his mind and senses positively fixed and engaged in the divine loving service of the Lord and the spiritual master and the devotees. To such a person he attracts the divine mercy of Sri Hari and Lord Rishikesh personally comes himself to help us to control our mind and senses. But if we are lax, if we are not serious to struggle to follow these principles given by the Lord, then Krishna will not bestow his mercy in this way, but he will just leave us on our own to be victimized by Maya. Srila Prabhupada in the Chaitanya Charitamrita describes that of all the instructions of all the regulative principles, 
the first and most important is to chant 16 rounds of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra attentively every day. He describes that in the scriptures there are many rules, many regulations, many principles to be followed. But this is the ultimate principle, to chant the holy name of the Lord attentively, with devotion, with a prayerful state of mind. And Prabhupada describes that any of my disciples that do not attentively chant 16 rounds of Hare Krishna Maha Mantra daily, they should know that at any moment they will be victimized by the opposite sex, they will be victimized to fall down to sense gratification. So let us be very careful to review our motives and our values in life and strictly guard our mind and senses from the enemy of Maya and always engage them in the loving service of Guru and Krishna by chanting the holy names Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Thank you very much. Is there any questions? No questions? Tomorrow's verse is very famous. I will just read it as a preview so you'll all make sure you're so you'll be here tomorrow. Nanvagni Pramana Nama Grita Kumba Samapuman Sutam Apirahojayad Anyadayavadatakrit. Woman is compared to fire and man is compared to a butter pot. Therefore a man should avoid associating even with his own daughter in a secluded place. Similarly, he should also avoid association with other women. One should associate with women only for important business and not otherwise. Of course, Srila Prabhupada, in one class, many classes, he would describe that for man, woman is woman, and for woman, man is woman. That means when we are speaking of woman, we are speaking of the opposite sex. Because Narada Muni is specifically talking to Maharaj Yudhisthira, he is explaining it in this way. So we should simply chant Hare Krishna and be happy.